everyone that I'm bundled up <laughs> like a snowman. Friends, normally we, we start with a very activating holler. A holler, if you will. <laughs> but I just couldn't stop laughing to get it together because <laughs> um, the Kristen decided to curl up in a snuggly blanket and had it over her head. She just looked like all the felt. I see where her little eyes sticking out. I look like the cutest Eskimo that's oh, ever been. We might have put a picture of it as the graphic for this podcast. Just so, you can <laughs> so it's like you're here with us. Oh, it's so good. Hi, hi everybody. Hi, hi friends. Hi. You've come straight into oh, the loving goodness. Oh. oh, you know what? I wish you were here with us right now. Wouldn't that be amazing? We're sitting at my house. The Christmas tree is lit. Stunning. Uh, we just had a beautiful snow here in New York. Kristen's in a blanket all bundled up. Life doesn't get better than It this. does get better. <laughs> yeah, like outside it's like picturesque New York covered yeah. in like white. Oh, I just, you know what? Can Stop listening to the podcast right now and just come over and let's go get hot chocolate <laughs> and walk tr- through. We're going to walk through Central Park right now hand in hand <laughs> and talk about the mysteries of the universe. That's all I want. Friend! Uh, well, first of all, we want to say thank you because, um, you know, our podcast has been slowly and steadily growing and we just found out the most exciting news that uh, via iTunes, we just realized that our podcast is number 32 worldwide in the section of the arts, which just blows our little minds off. I know. We had a really exciting week. Um, As you probably know, uh, we were interviewed on Rob Bell's podcast, and it just really um, gave our podcast this incredible magical boost. And I think the most exciting thing is uh, so many of you who have started now listening to our podcast have reached out to us via email and Facebook and Instagram and all of these things. And just to hear that the work uh, that we are doing is resonating on such a deep level. Um, and uh, it's just exciting to know uh, that all of you creators are feeling that spark inside, and so that when we start to talk about how the universe collaborates with you, that there's this inner like shout that goes, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm. More of that, please. Mm. So, it, it, and One thing saying. that we've been thinking a lot about ever since we started teaching these classes is, you know, oftentimes when we tell people what we do, people say, well, that's so niche, right? Like, that, that's oh. just a small market of people who are artists. And we have so taken a stand of, like, everybody's an artist! Like, the way you set a table, the way you raise your kids, the way you paint a picture, the way you go for a walk, the way you fall in love is artistic. It is creative. Every thought, action, feeling in your body, in your life, in your mind, in your heart is manifestation and creation. Right, and it's creative whether you are actively creating it or letting the beliefs of your subconscious create it, right? That's right. So, no matter what, it's creative. And I do think what's exciting is it doesn't matter what your vocation is. Um, the, the universe, the divine, speaks to your heart and gives you a calling for what is next. And so I think it's like the language of creation um, is what we love to talk about. Like, hey, guess what? There's a desire. It's in your heart. It's 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 the universe co- talking. It's it's the force of love talking, mm-hmm. and it has information for you, and it has a it has a it has a direction for you. Let's listen to that. It's almost like we're reclaiming how to listen to our inner voice and knowing it's because there is a movement that is occurring now on the planet. That's right. 
Uh, I've recently heard a spiritual teacher talk about we are moving into the age of the feminine. I know there's a lot of energy and talk about the sacred feminine, the divine feminine right now. And uh, whatever uh, tradition they were speaking from, they were saying that for roughly 5,700 years, um, the, the world, the, the universe was sort of dominated by um, this quality of the masculine, which is action and passion and forward movement. And roughly in 2012, we started making a shift into the divine feminine, which is more listening, more intuition, more inner knowing, more spiritually seeking. And uh, even when I think back on that time in my life around 2012, I'm like, yeah, I started getting curious and internal and thinking about things in a different way. And so that's the, the joy of what we get to do on this podcast is we get to have those conversations of what is going on on the Inner world. What is calling inside of us? What is that love language we're in communication with God, the universe, the source of love divine that's happening inside of us? And how can we then move that forward into the planet as the healers and the catalysts of change in the world? There's a movement happening, friends. And guess what? You're a part of it. You enlisted for it. We're all here in it together. Oh, how um, fun. And it's the holiday time. So our theme this week is a holiday base. <laughs> um, and as I look at uh, the title of uh, what we were teaching on this week, it just makes me want to sing. I, oh, we st- is this a song we know or that we think we know? This is George Michael. I think we know it. Uh-huh. I think we always think we know it. <laughs> you gotta have faith, faith, faith. faith. You I gotta, gotta have faith, 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 faith. faith. <laughs> I love a Kristen solo. Um, Yes, we are talking, friends, this week about faith. And I'm sure many of us have heard this word, had this concept before. Maybe we were raised in households where this word was used. Um, But it's really fascinating because um, I think for the most part, faith feels like a challenge for most of us, Mm. right? Like where we tend to be, and this is kind of coming from the age of the masculine, when we're in control, when we can take steps, when we're the ones that can be the doer, we tend to be more comfortable than when we're in a place of faith, surrender, uh, releasing. And so part of the conversation is saying, um, oh, let's look at what our relationship is with faith and let's start to have a better understanding of what faith actually is versus the conditioning of what we were raised to think it is. That's right. And I have to let you guys know that as Natalie and I were putting together our notes for this, (laughs) we got so excited. (laughs) I almost felt like we just like learned a new way of like how to cut pies. Like it felt so exciting. I don't know where that metaphor came from but I yeah. love pie and I love you so I, that feels and right. And would be fun if you just found a new way to cut anyways. Anyway. So um, <laughs> um, so we thought like a fun way into this talk about faith um, being that it is the holiday season is you all remember um, that article uh, about yes Virginia there is a Santa Claus um, well we looked it up and I'm sure there are some of you who've read it and some of you that, that don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, so in 1897, this little girl named Virginia O'Hanlon wrote, an edit, uh, wrote a letter to the editor of the New York Sun about um, is there really a Santa Claus and that her friends have been, have been saying there is no Santa Claus and she was in quite a quandary. Mm-hmm. And if, you, if you've never read the editor's reply before, that first paragraph, man, is a doozy. Okay, so this is what he said. He said, this is the opening paragraph. 
Virginia, your little friends are wrong. They have been affected by the skepticism of a skeptical age. They do not believe except they see. They think that nothing can be which is not comprehensible by their little minds. All minds, Virginia, whether they be men's or children's, are little. In this great universe of ours, man is a mere insect, an ant, and his intellect, as compared with the boundless world about him, as measured by the intelligence capable of grasping the whole truth and knowledge. Mm. I mean... Talk about everyone being an artist. <laughs> this is like an editor of a paper, uh-huh. right? Or a journalist for a paper writing this poetic, beautiful piece straight from his heart that, you know, ended up being a children's movie and mm-hmm. ended up, you know, being on the Macy's windows. <laughs> I mean, this this has become a really beautiful thing. But talk about just answering that call of artistry. And what's so beautiful is... This this idea of that people only believe what they see, right? There, there's that thing of like you gotta you gotta see it to believe mm-hmm. it. But what if it's like you gotta believe it to see it? A hundred percent. It makes me think about um, as a creator. I know that when I'm directing, I always I always it, it's on the inside first, mm. right? There's a vision of something, and I have to, and I have to like see it on the inside before I can see it on the outside. And one of the things that really struck me in this is the um, the skepticism of a skeptical age, mm. right? And it made me think of, um, we all know that, right? <laughs> we got that sometimes in our families or in the world or when we said we wanted to be an artist or when you have a new idea. Um, we all know what it's like to be met with skepticism, right? And in, in, in a world that is skeptical it is really hard for new things to be birthed. It takes a belief in, in your inner world and in your inner vision in order for some things to grow. And there's a saying from A Course in Miracles that's really interesting. It says, it is important to remember that miracles and vision necessarily go together. Mm. So like when you're in the veil of skepticism, you're in the dark, you mm. can't see. Mm. So in order to have a miracle of faith, you need right seeing. Uh, well, and yoga talks about this as well. It talks about um, discernment and right seeing. And it talks about there is the space inside of us that is pure consciousness, the seat of the soul, Michael Singer calls it. You know, uh, It's like the God source energy in us, the creative spark in us, the soul, the, the, the source of love inside of us. We all have that. There is a place inside of us that is unchanging, that when we were two years old, 10 years old, 20 years old, was exactly the same, even though our friends and our clothing and our schools and our families and everything around us changed. Everything on the outer world continues to change and rebuild the cycle of nature, expansion, contraction, um, manifestation, sustaining, destruction. Everything's always moving, but there is a source inside of us that is always the same. And the space between that source that is us and the physical form, the body that is also us, that there is something uh, that the yogis call the chitta, and it's like the, the screen or the filter that is between these two things, right? The veil that, that um, encompasses that we are both form and formless, but it is between us. And what they say is that when the chitta is not 
clean, when we're not in right perception, then everything that we see is actually false reality. That's right. It's so funny. I just, as you were saying that, I got a vision of someone who had no stamped all over their chitta. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Have yes. you ever been with around yes. someone and no matter what you say, they're like, no. Yes, no. that's not possible. That's not possible. Uh-huh. You, don't, you can't afford that. There's no, no way that can happen. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's impossible for anything in that environment to grow. Oh, everything must manifest in the false reality of no to prove you right because the universe will not contradict you. That's it. So that if no's what's on your chitta, no is all you can see. Mm. So in order for something to grow and go further, you need, you need that clear chitta. You need the ability to see the, um, that there are open paths, mm-hmm. that there are opportunities, that life gives abundantly so many green lights, mm-hmm. so many yeses, and that we um, have to retrain ourselves to know how to see. Well, like, of course, miracles will tell us miracles are happening all the time. Yes. What wants to shift is your ability to be able to see it. Right. And then once you see it, it opens to more and more and more. And what's interesting is when we have the conversation about faith, many people want uh, like a, a, a proving yes. of faith, right? They want to be able to see uh, something to believe in, something mm-hmm. to have faith for. It's right. like, give me a demonstration, right? Uh, like, uh, I will be willing to believe that I can really make it as an actor if I book something that then validates me and proves to me yes. so that it grows my faith. Yes. But anytime we're in a situation of needing to prove faith, then it is no longer faith because faith is that that is unseen, that is unprovable. So what we are doing by saying, give me a, a piece of evidence to grow my faith, we're actually saying, no, give me a piece of evidence to disprove my skepticism. Ooh, it's like the world has been indoctrinated so deeply on skepticism and all of us want to let go of that skepticism, but we, it's, it's, it's like we're waiting for that one thing that gives us permission to not uh, believe the world's skepticism because we want to believe what our hearts tell us. Right. And our hearts tell us it knows. It knows. The Purusha inside of us knows. knows. It knows how this whole thing works because it doesn't change. We often say, you know, the voice in your head, you know, <laughs> how do you know if it's true or not? It's like, well, is it changing its mind? Mm-hmm. Because the truth doesn't change its mind. Nope. The truth is, with a capital T, mm-hmm. the truth, That's right? right? So if the voice in your head is sometimes telling you you're good and sometimes telling you you're bad, then both of those <laughs> things are false reality. <laughs> If the voice if the, if the voice inside your head is sometimes telling you you're thin and sometimes telling you you're fat, it's not, not the true. truth. Not true. Not true. Not true. The truth is actually something that transcends all of that, that yes. will not change. So probably when there's that voice in your head telling you about yeah. how your form should be this or should be that, then the truth with the capital T that's sitting there is saying, by the way, you're not that body. Yes. And it doesn't matter. Yes. And that doesn't change. Yes. The body is here to change. Yes. We came in at seven pounds. Yes. You know? And now we're however many more pounds. And then, you know, our skin is going to look different and the wrinkles are going to be different. It is supposed to change. That form just keeps on changing. It keeps on. And it is only our resistance to the change. It is always us trying to keep form in behaving as yeah. if it is formless that causes us suffering. It, you know what just also came up in my awareness? When your mind goes, should I or shouldn't I be in this relationship back and forth, right? So, and then and then the Prusa goes, 
you're actually, you're not form. Yes, like, that's that right. Form will continue to change. All of your relationships will always just change. Right. It's like you can't step in the same river twice. You yeah. can't step into the same relationship twice. Yes. You go to sleep and you wake up the next day, the person beside you is different. Yeah. Brand new. <laughs> brand new today. Brand new moment. Oh, so in this world where form is ever shifting and there's something inside of us that is constant and we enter this conversation in faith, doesn't it seem silly when we want to believe something in the world of form, which is always changing, Mm. as opposed to believing the thing that never changes? And don't we, can't we see that that is why we have a difficult time with faith? Because we're trying to put our faith into a form, and then the form is constantly changing, and then we don't feel safe. So what we need to do is put our faith into that which is eternal, that which is unchanging, that which is unmanifest, which is, guess what? ourselves and we want to come into this conversation about faith talking about two different kinds of faith right so it is yes faith in the divine faith in the unseen and faith in the divine inside ourselves Mm. because both of that is that is that um is that changeless right it's that big light that's right and 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 those two are the same that's so right. the light inside of us and the force of love that makes sure that the whole world continues on it's the same thing. That's right. The, the, the yogis talk about it as purusha, that inner light, and prakriti, which is the form, the body, right? And, and even our thoughts, our feelings, those are also part of form. That's not actually part of our soul because right. those are always changing. So when we think about purusha, it is conscious. Consciousness, conscious. Prakriti is unconscious, right? Uh, purusha is the seer, And Prakriti is that which can be seen. So we are the observer, and quantum physics will tell us, the observer changes what is being observed. So the way Kristen as the seer will see the exact same flower that I see, it actually will be a different reality to her because the flower is what is being observed and she is the observer. And what uh, her chitta is filtering, her life experience, who she's been, what she believes, will change what she is seeing. Mm -hmm. So if we are, as the seer, always seeing through the lens of, I have a hard time believing, Mm -hmm. I have a hard time thinking it's possible, then what we will see is that in manifestation. But when we can say, I see a possibility of my faith growing in this moment, I see a possibility in having a strong belief or desire in the unseen, if we can see that, then our faith will continue to become manifest. Right. And I feel like it's like our faith grows through learning that this light in us and around the whole entire universe is the same. And here's the interesting thing about life and creation. They want to be in communication with each other. They want to be in conversation. Mm. Like our soul... It's like sisters separated at birth. Yeah, that's exactly right, right? (laughs) It's like our soul came to the planet to do something and it's getting its orders from the... From the big thing, from the big guy, it, the, that is the same. It's the same thing, right? right. Um, so it becomes really exciting because often you find that sometimes people have lots of 
of faith in themselves, lots of confidence, right? They're, but they can be a little bit of per, like a like a one person thing, and they don't trust the world. Yeah, they don't trust the universe. Yeah. they can have like big scars against the universe or God or whatever yes. they want to call that, but they believe in themselves. Yes. Now some people can really believe in the universe, in the mystic, in the spirit world, all these things, but have no confidence in themselves, Yes. right? So we want to talk about having a healthy relationship with both of them and then realizing that they're in conversation. And then once you realize those two are, are the same thing, the same light, they're on the same mission, they're in conversation, and they have something they want to do. That's right. And so to kind of take that same per- perception and, and look at it in a slightly different way, Osho, who's this really cool uh, spiritual teacher, talks about um, um, the difference. He, he talks about it in terms of the difference between East and West. Yes. But he's really talking about it in, in the difference between those who are doers and those who are non-doers. Yes. Okay? So, so the way he kind of um, describes it is uh, he says in the you know the east is is that of non-doing it's passiveness it's waiting for problems to be solved but constant inertia and there's this energy of <clears throat> Osho describes it as you know there's millions of people dying of hunger yes but they'll say well I trust in God to bring me food and then they're dying of hunger right and and uh, it's like always thinking that there's the universe is going to fix it and if their faith is just big enough the universe will fix it but then they lie in the state of inertia and and non doing non action right um, he talks about the west as having a very opposite problem <laughs> that the west is the doers we are the active types with all of the action and no trust we live in that reality of like well if i don't do it it's not going to get done right yeah. you know so we there's no way we can say well i'll surrender to a higher power it's like, I am the higher power. I just better do it. Mm-hmm. We can't surrender uh, any of our actions. We're hustling. We're always moving. We're always doing. And what he says is this creates a natural anxiety where we can't even allow ourselves to sleep because it's like we're trying to do sleep as opposed to trying to let sleep happen to us, which is a natural occurrence. Um, and so we become solely responsible for everything, and it creates such an anxiety and a level of tension that it's, it's impossible to navigate. Um, And so then he goes on to tell this really cool story. Uh, It's actually a a Sufi saying that is, um, trust in Allah, but first tether your camel. And uh, and then he goes on to tell what this story means, and I'll, I'll give you the the very quick Cliff's Notes version of this story. That th- there was a gentleman who was high on a cliff, uh, traveling with his camel, and uh, he was getting ready to go to bed, and he tethered his camel, and then he went to sleep. And the, the what basically the story is saying is, he took an action to tether his camel. Now, if he woke up the next day and the camel got away, that's not up to him. Yep. He took his action and he's going to surrender the results. He did his due diligence and then mm-hmm. he's going to let go. There's action and then there's surrender. But what uh, they were saying not to do is don't just not tether your camel and say, well, I trust that um, I trust God the will universe. take care of it. Universe will take care of it. The camel will still be there. And then the camel wanders away and then we end up being upset with higher power or upset with ourselves. Yes, that's right. So uh, it's like a really simple saying, you know, trust, 
And also. And also. Right? So it's that balance. And, and uh, the Bhagavad Gita and yoga says we're entitled to our actions, but not the fruits of those actions. And it's so important that we stop being in destination consciousness where I will take an action so long as it leads me to the destination mm-hmm. I want, where instead we take action for action's sake and then we surrender the rest. And as artists, this is a really powerful and important thing. As raising children, this is probably where it comes up so obviously. You do your best to offer your kids the best that you know. And then you surrender that they have their own personality, their own way of being, their own lens that they see life through. And you surrender to their own higher power in them to be whoever they are meant to be. That's right. You know, the Bible says that faith without works is dead. So you you can have all the faith in the world, but if you don't take that action, it's like you don't even really believe. Mm. And I, my, my instinct is because... Taking the, 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 the action, taking the step is showing the universe like, oh, I believe you. Yeah. You put this dream in my heart. You gave me a vision. So I'm going to take the action. And I don't think it's because I believe my action uh, like is necessary for this thing to happen. I take my action, as, as it says in the Bhagavad Gita, as a symbol of sacred service, mm. right? So I'm going, you have given me this vision to make this thing, right? So I'm going to take the first step on making this thing as, to show you I'm listening so that, that the light in me and the light that is all light can be in communication with each other. They want this kind of like active back and forth that is, I think, the delight of being alive, yes. right? So, so we want to think about our faith as becoming active faith where we're constantly going, what, what have I been given to do or create or birth? And then what is the thing, the step that I can take to show the universe that I believe it, that yeah. I know, that I mean business, right? And then we take that and then we let go and surrender. And so taking the next step after that isn't dependent upon what happens, right? That's right. That's right. It's almost like uh, if we think about anytime you're Mm -hmm. co-creating anything, Mm -hmm. right? If you're co-creating a relationship with someone, you know, they may ask you on a date. You have to show up on the date. It's very hard to to date someone if they don't show up. That's right. If if you keep standing them up, they're going to go ask someone else. I always think about, uh, I heard once, and I can't remember where I heard it from, about being the dominant hand of the universe, Mm -hmm. right? That if I'm going to brush my teeth, naturally my dominant hand is going to pick up that toothbrush. My non-dominant hand hand isn't going to do it because my dominant hand is the one that is in the habit of being the one used for that job. Yes. So my job, if I want to be an artist, if I want to be a parent, if I want to be a sculptor, my job is to become the dominant hand of the universe. Like when the universe needs a sculptor, I'm the call. That's right. Right. So through my actions, I say to the universe, I'm ready. I'm here. I'm taking my next step. I'm co-creating this with you. So then it's like when the universe needs a player like I'm first on the bench with my hand up that that's exactly right and you know I I, it gets me excited when I start to look at this relationship of faith as I remember getting this feeling inside of me once where I was like oh I totally get it if I've been given something to create it it must manifest because who, who gave it 
to me is the one that manifests all things. Mm. And you know, when we talk about taking that action for the result we think we're going to get, right? Mm. Is that's when we like try to take the job of, of the higher of the all. And there's so many times I'll meet people that'll say, well, I'm doing this, but I'm only going to continue it if X, Y, or Z, right? So it's like, I'm going to take myself out of this career or out of this art or mm-hmm. not do the thing that lights me up because I've decided I have to be the boss of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm looking at that form, that thing that changes, you know, this thing that is so impermanent, mm-hmm. this thing that is, that, that is you know, um, to be the symbol of whether or not I'm going to listen to my light, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I think the calling is... Can we let, I think faith is realizing that the thing that doesn't change, that is to be listened to and obeyed is the light in us and the light that surrounds us, right? And, and knowing that the dialogue that happens there is what creates worlds. Yes. And when we were putting our notes together, I got so excited when everything all of a sudden became a sexual metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie was you talking. You know that that's all we can ever. <laughs> Natalie was talking about Perugia and property, and I was like, "It's like sex!" <laughs> oh my god! Because Natalie said uh, she's like, "Hey, Kristen, did you know Perugia in, in the yoga tradition is male?" And we, I was like, "Huh?" And she's like, "I know. I would have thought it was female too." I'm like, "Yeah, me too." And. Uh, and she's like, yeah, it's male. The Purusha, the light inside, is male. The property, the form, the, the you know, the, the 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 stuff around us is female. She's like, but think of it as like Mother Nature, like property, the world, Mother Nature is female. And I was like, like the vision dropped in, and I was like, oh, I got it. And friends, I'm gonna get a little gross here. <laughs> well, I wouldn't call it gross. <laughs> You'd call it delightful. Delightful and. Yes. And uh, R-rated. <laughs> um, so it's like that Purusha, that ball of light, that spirit inside of you is like, it's like, <laughs> I'm totally going to laugh. <laughs> it's like the seed of a man. <laughs> Natalie, I was like, when I talk about this, Nat, do you want me to say jizz or cum? Which one should I use on our podcast? Yes, we went there. Yes. We do have an R rating on this podcast. Yes. So I'm allowed to say all of the words. So, um... So, so it's, it's like that, that ball of light is the potential of making something inside of us. Right. So just like a man semen is the potential of making something and it's looking for a womb. It's looking for a place where that potential to, to make something can be, uh, planted, can be, uh, uh, be made pregnant, right? So, so the world of form, Mother Nature, this world is this open, beautiful womb that is waiting for the seed of our spirit to be spilled into it. Yes, this is the <laughs> metaphor I am making right now. Well, I love that because Abraham Hicks often has had this quote one time that I heard that I thought was so hilarious and so true. They're like, "Don't you guys get that the process of creating is supposed to be fun?" Do yes. you see how we orchestrated that you make babies? Yes. <laughs> it's a good time. <laughs> it's a meant to be a good time. Well, and isn't that true? Like, and so that's, I always feel like, I do the same when, 
it when directing, if it feels good, we're on the right road. Right. So if it feels good, if it feels flowy, if it feels easy, if it feels like we're in a rhythm, right? <laughs> we're we're doing great creating. Um when it starts to feel hard or difficult or tough, it means we left the present moment, we got into our heads, and we need to back away and like leave this moment and come back to it later, right? Right, exactly right. So, you know, this the state of, you know, this male perusia coming into this female property, it's this, this magic of creation. And so the universe is giving us these metaphors because mm-hmm. it does the same thing over and over again. They're like, whether you're doing it when you're, ma- you're making babies or you're making a book or you're making a movie or a theater or a new business, it is the process of some of something coming from potential and going into a place where it can be given birth to, mm-hmm. where it can where it can go from uh, nothing there, from the unseen to the seen. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we're doing as artists and creators is we're going from the unseen to the seen. So the process of faith is... I believe so much in the unseen as the thing that doesn't change, as the thing that has all the power, all the potentiality that I am putting my faith into bringing that into this beautiful womb of a world that wants to give birth. Mm. And isn't it fascinating that if we think about the the unseen as like something that's not manifest yet, I don't see it yet, but the unseen is actually the seer. Ugh. We can't see ourselves. Like I always right. say, we can't see, see the, our own spinach in our right. own teeth, right? It's like we as the seer, the part inside of us that is the seer is the unseen. It doesn't mean it is not there that we don't see it because we don't have to see what we know. Mm-hmm. And faith isn't that, um, like the actual Webster's uh, definition of faith that I looked up is um, a firm belief. Firm belief, which means unchanging belief, mm. right? Not not a leaf in the wind, like I'll believe it if something happens. Right. A firm belief in something for which there is no proof. Oh! So the minute you try to prove it, it stops being faith. And it starts being, uh, there's actually this great Elizabeth Gilbert quote. I was just, I Wait, literally, I grabbed it because I was like, it's a great That's time for Elizabeth Gilbert quote. Oh, we were on so the same, same channel. Same channel. Go for it, baby. Oh, well, our friend Liz Gilbert says, faith is walking face first and full speed into the dark. If we truly knew all the answers in advance as to the meaning of life and the nature of God and the destiny of our souls, our belief would not be a leap of faith and it would not be a courageous act of humanity. It would just be a prudent insurance policy. And doesn't that relate back to the skepticism? Yes. The insurance policy? Just just re- like relief? Oh, it worked? As opposed to faith? in something I cannot prove because I am the seer of the unseen. And if I take a stand in faith that I am with my life, with my thoughts, with my actions, with my words, with my feelings, with my relationships, with my art, I am taking a stand that I am the seer of the unseen, then guess what you are? A visionary, a catalyst, That's right. a healer, one who changes this world. The world as we know and see it dismantles because of your faith in what is unseen as possibility. That And that's what we came here to do is that's to give it. birth to something new. That in this 
beautiful unmanifest world right in this great universe there is something that wants to become manifest and it only can through us like, and that visionary is sexy right? right it's the sexiest thing and you know what isn't sexy <laughs> a prudent insurance policy nothing sexy about it nothing sexy about skepticism nothing right it's boring it's status quo it's old it's, it's what's been done before that's us it's right. like Beckwith uh, Michael Beckwith says we did not come here to leave everything the way we found it we came to mess it up uh, we uh-huh. came to do something that has not been done before. We are shaking shit <laughs> up. Um, Beckwith also has this great quote that I love. It says, don't look for your dreams to become true. Look to become true to your dreams. Your right? dream knows. Your dream will never disappoint you. It is, your dream is not separate from your perusia, from your light. Who you are here in your dharma and your purpose is part of that seer. Yes. It is the thing that says, there's a place for me. Mm -hmm. There is abundance. There is a law of supply and demand. I came here for a great and mighty reason and nothing is going to stop me. And if we can have faith in that more than we have faith in the no, in Mm -hmm. whatever's dirtying up the chitta, in whatever the conditioning of the world tells us that they are believing, we say, well, bless you, bless you. You get to believe whatever you want and I get to believe what I want. Oh, you know, earlier today, you and I were talking about my dear friend, Florence Scovelshin. She was a spiritual teacher from the 1920s. And she talked about taking our fear and converting it into faith. So something just to add to the faith conversation, as we look to become true to our dreams, as we look to become true to that which is unmanifest, that which is light becoming manifest into the world, right? It is naturally going to be a fearful process when we decide to not invest in the world's insurance policy of what I can see so that we can take that faith and that, that fear and turn it into to faith. One of the things that she says that I love, and it's a great affirmation is let my faith be bigger than my fear, mm. right? So let my belief in this beautiful golden light that is me, that is in me, that is that is the unseen world, that my faith is so big in that, that it can override my fear, that I get so excited about what is being birthed through me, that it's it, that it's bigger than the part of me of, of like where the, uh, the fear and the doubt come, right? Right, because fear is changing. Yes. Fear is the energy of retreating and and moving we're talking about the unmovable we are talking about that which doesn't change that which doesn't move Mm. that which cannot die yes we are talking about truth with a capital t that is cosmic consciousness that is divine that is you that is your dream that's right so can you stand for the truth of the unseen seer in you more than the seen false reality that consciousness of property has created. So it's almost like all of us are being called to be representatives of the unseen. Right? The unseen army. We are the unseen team. (laughs) The unseen team. I'm so excited. Um, one last thought before we wrap this up here, we friends. We can talk on this for forever. <laughs> <laughs> there may have to be a part two. Um, is that when we start thinking about, okay, I've been given this vision. I believe in it. I have faith in it. I know it was given to me. And we hear what the first step is to take. And we take that step. Remember that 
the important, that the, 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 there is a step after you take that step, right? And that's the letting go. Mm. So there's the action and there's the inaction. Mm. And the, the non-doing that Osho talks about for, uh, from the East is as important as the action step. Actually, the, manifestation will only happen when both steps are done. That's right. And I was listening to Rachel Patton. I like freaked out on uh, Lewis Howe's podcast, right? She's the girl who wrote Fight Song. It's total spirit baby. And she was talking about, she was doing all this work and she wrote Fight Song. She had been wanting to be a singer-songwriter for like 12 years. She'd had the label interest and then they went away. And then, you know, just all the things, the the living in a, a, in a walk of apartment touring out of like her own van like just all of the scrappy putting it in the effort really learning how to be a great songwriter but when she wrote fight song she could feel that it was like channeled through her she and she said she wrote it for her mm. she wrote it because it was what she needed to hear most right mm. and after she wrote it she had a feeling it was the song that was going to change her life right mm. and um, she released it and nothing happened mm. for a year and a half Mm. And then it finally got on a TV show, right? And she's like, this is it. This is going to change everything. And it went on that TV show and nothing happened. Mm. And she said she like yelled at God. She's like, what is up? I don't understand. I feel like I did what you asked me to do and still nothing's happened. She went to bed that night and she got up and she meditated the next morning. And she could feel it come over her is that surrender. Mm. You have to let go. You have to be okay with it without the, the result you think you need. Yeah. Like, fully let go. And she said the moment that she was able to fully appreciate and love her life as it is, then everything changed. And I think she said it was the next day mm. that it got played on a radio station in Baltimore, and it got picked up, and then from there, she got offered this record deal, and then everything. And it was like literally 24 hours of saying, Oh, I get it. I let go. I'm not going to need the results to be how I think I need them to be, to be okay. Because she knew from the get-go, I made this for me. Yes. So she, in the creation of it, already had gotten what she needed. And when she surrendered to, my need is already met, Mm. then everyone else's got to be met. I just want to lay on the floor and roll around. (laughs) Thank you. I we just hope that you understand yourself as this incredible seer, as this incredible creator, and we are so honored that you share these conversations with us because it 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 builds my faith mm-hmm. so much to even just have this conversation. So knowing that you out there are listening to this conversation, it's like we as as the the the, the seeking seeing team, uh, we are getting stronger by the moment, and our faith is already creating miracles. So thank you for your listening. Uh, have the most beautiful holiday winter season Ah. however you celebrate however you like to um deck the halls or have a winter wonderland (laughs) or whatever it is um when you pull your loved ones close and you take stock of this beautiful life we've been given this incredible gift of getting to be here on the planet and the gift is also getting to give the world everything that is inside of us. It's an honor and a privilege. 
And the adventure is why we came. Yes, podcast listeners, there is a Santa Claus. <laughs> To know about the Create Workshop series, you can go to www.thecreateseries.com. And if you want to know more about us, you can go to kristenhenge.com or natalieroy.com. And if you want to come to Create, you can go to the Actors Green Room in New York City. Um, and it is Sunday nights from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. and Tuesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And their website is www.theactorsgreenroom.com and you can buy Create On Demand if you don't live in New York City. Woohoo!